on this episode of Comedy Rewind. Where does me, myself, and Irene rate amongst the Farrelly Brothers' collaborations with Jim Carrey? How different would the mental health portrayals be if this movie got made now? How many gunshots would it really take to put down a prize cow? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to 8-Bits Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio-Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s and 2000s. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and joining me, two very gentle persons, Benny McJanet and Kat Benstead. How are you? Hello. Great. Hi. <laughs> I, I was very stunned by the, the comment of calling me gentle. <laughs> it didn't really Great. seem right, but okay. Look, Benny, you wouldn't hurt a fly. Let's, let's be honest. Oh. I've got a shady past, my friend. <laughs> Let's see the past. We're, we're, mm. we're here. Maybe you do have a split personality disorder, like like uh, Hank and, and Charlie. What what would, what would be your um, other persona's name? My other persona's name? Yeah. Um, probably Steve. You'd be Benny and Steve. Okay. Steve. You don't want to meet Steve. You don't want to meet Steve. <laughs> Okay. He's, he's not a good, Steve. Steve is the person I blame everything for. He's like, who did that? Oh, it was Steve. Yeah, there you go. I usually blame it on my cat. As yeah. <laughs> Pickles did it. Yeah. Generally works well. I'll stand by that you are a very gentle person, Betty. Uh, uh, we I'll are talking about me, myself, and Irene. Uh, welcome back, both of you. It's been almost a year since your last appearance, but it's good to have you both here. Um, let's let's get straight into personal memories and experiences with this movie. Cat, <laughs> you were saying that uh, you went to it at the uh, cinema with your with old man, dad. is that right? Yeah. yeah. So I, my parents split up when I was quite young, right? And so my dad kind of never really navigated that whole what's appropriate for kids, what's not. And <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, what year did this movie come out? Like what? Two thousand. Okay, so 2000. I, was, I was nine. Mm. So I didn't oh, turn right. 10 till the end of the year. Yeah, and... This is not a nine-year-old's movie. <laughs> no, it's MA15. And so it's school holidays and every it's school got holidays. It's got Jim Carrey in it, though. It's, it's got to be exactly, for Right? And I think that that's <laughs> the mentality my dad had. And so we used to go to the cinema in Beverly Hills, which was down the road from my dad's house. And it's like this old dingy cinema. And every school holidays, that's where my sister and my dad and I, we'd go like 50 million times. And so we're going to see me, myself, and Irene, Jim Carrey, can't wait, fantastic. And my dad gets our tickets and the woman says to him, um, sir, you know there's a lot of swearing in this film. And my dad went, uh, you know they go to school, right? <laughs> and just like walked <laughs> off. And re-watching it today, I was like, holy shit, dad, you let us watch that at the movies? And then I was obsessed with the film after that. Like we hired it. I think I had it on VHS at one point. Like we what if the, wow. uh, what went if the, all out. What if the clerk? What if the lady at the cinema said, "You know that there's like a massive dildo in this movie, right?" <laughs> right? <laughs> that would have been more reason for your dad to go. Mm. I don't want to explain anything. Dad, what's a dildo? <laughs> so much would have gone over my head. Like so yeah. much of it. But um, the swearing is just what made me laugh because I was allowed to swear as a kid. There, my my dad never said don't say that, 
because uh, he always had this, you know, theory of, well, if I swear, how am I going to tell my children not to? Like, I'm a pretty mm. poor example. As long as my children are swearing in context, that's all that matters. And so, you know, an eight and nine-year-old going to see this film, you know, snuggled in the back with my popcorn, and um, don't know if the other people in the cinema were too impressed with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Benny, what about yourself? I was actually trying... Like, I was rewatching it earlier today, and I was just trying to think when I first watched it. I'm pretty sure I must have watched it. Like we hired it on DVD or something. I don't think I watched it at the cinemas. Because, um, again, being a teenager, when this came out, I was 17. So I think I don't remember seeing it at the cinemas. I definitely think it was watching it on DVD. And I was just thinking, oh, it's just more Jim Carrey. But I was also watching it back, and it's like... I remember the basics of the entire story, but none of it actually ever really stuck with me, so I don't really have any huge memories of it. <laughs> um, but I just like, yeah, it, it's one of Jim Carrey's movies that I remember was being pretty damn decent. And it was a, one of the Farrelly Brothers movies that I remember as being pretty damn decent. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in on it, me, myself, and Irene podcast. I, I don't mind rewatching that film. <laughs> And even coming away from it after rewatching it again today, I'm like, still pretty damn decent film. I, I don't think there's anything that majorly sticks out to me that I'll remember again, say in 12 months' time, like <laughs> that I'll be quoting. Yeah. <laughs> um. But that being said, there's still funny moments and scenes in this film and everything like that, and it's just one of those films where I think it's, if we use the THG scale, it's it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't think it's, it's the most overly remem- memorable movie, but it's it's still a decently good movie. Yeah, so so my memory of this being a Jim Carrey fan, like huge Dumb and Dumber and Ace Ventura fan, Liar Liar, The Mask, whatever, all the all the good '90s stuff. This was like the turning of the the century for Jim Carrey, not just like literally, but for his career. I kind of feel like because this was after uh, Man on the Moon, though. It was, yeah, yeah. But so, so this was yeah. kind of like okay, he's 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 messed around. He's done some dramatic stuff, Truman Show, yeah. you know, Let's all go this back good to stuff. Comedy. Yeah, the, yeah. This this Rejoin was like going, going back to the Farrelly's, the comedy. Yeah. But something something was just a little bit off. Like it just wasn't quite the same, mm. and it was a bit more risque. Like this was an MA in Australia. I don't know what that is in the US, but. There's more swearing. There's more. There's sex. There's there's stuff that was kind of only kind of alluded to in his other movies. That this was full on like going for the more, I guess, teen and adult audience. Yeah. So because mm. of that, and me being thir- uh, twelve, turning thirteen, with uh, probably parents that were the opposite of cats, I wasn't <laughs> allowed to see this, and I probably wouldn't even have tried to see it. Um, and I do remember that it didn't review as well as those previous movies. And the Farrelly brothers have said that it's their least favourite of their films or their worst mm. film. So take from that um, what you will. But, um, Did they say that before or after Dumb and Dumber 2? Uh, <laughs> probably, I would have to imagine it was before that. <laughs> it had to that, have been before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was just on the IMDb trivia page. So who knows sure. when that quote came from. But yeah, it, it does have a lot of that Jim Carrey um, trope in the, the sense of he's playing 
character that he can't control or a split mm-hmm. personality. You look through like a few of the movies in the 90s, you had like The Mask, which is very much like this, where there's two different sides of the one person. One of them is shy, one of them is, is kind and gentle, the other one is a psychopath. Um, <laughs> it's the same thing here. Then you like Liar Liar, where he can't control whether or not he tells the truth. And then later on, I guess kind of a few years after this was Yes Man, and that was, he was in control, but he made this decision that he was going to say yes to everything. So I feel like Jim Carrey picks these kinds of uh, of uh, gimmicks mm. to 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 latch onto. And there were so many times watching this, I was like, no one else could do this. Um, Absolutely not. <laughs> and no. uh, it, it doesn't always work, but at the same time, he did it better than anyone else. I think. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's able to change his facial mannerism so much that it is believable that it's a completely different character. Yes. Like, even just yeah. like fa- just facial-wise, you, you know straight away it's a different character. And they, they did that really well with the poster. Obviously, it's got mm. the two the two faces, one with, like, yeah. the, the eyebrow kind of, you know, the just, yeah, the eyes kind of looking angry and, and mean. And, yeah, it's... um. It's a good poster. I think that they, they also said the Farrelly brothers, they came up with the name of the movie before they came up with the concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's never a good sign in my <laughs> no. in my history. It's like if you come up with the name first and then try and find a way to, to make that work. Yeah, anyway. Um, Odd decision. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Let, let's get into the Rotten Tomato score. Where do you guys think this would have been received? Look, knowing 100. Rotten Tomatoes, probably not very well. <laughs> uh, 50. 50. I'll, I'll probably be a bit more generous. I was going to say probably around the 60 mark. Okay, so have we got a 50 and a 60? Yeah. Yep. 48%. Yes! So, very, very good guess there. <laughs> um, it made $149 million off a $51 million budget. So it was a hit in that sense. Jim Carrey was still... A draw in 2000 uh so i guess people like i know that my father-in-law is a really big fan of this um (laughs) (laughs) i've got some of the reviews that um that were listed on rotten tomatoes uh the critic from film.com said it's sporadically funny but often unfunny the latter worse than not being funny enough um, someone else said the Farrelly strike again, avoid this awful film. Uh, <laughs> the Hollywood Reporter said, as highly talented as Carrie is, he can't make these abrupt physical and mental transition transitions the least bit convincing. It's it's a comedy, so like you don't really need to convince people that it's it's real. But um, whatever, man. Uh, I'll, I'll give a I'll give a positive review just so that we're evening things out a bit. Uh, this is from a guy called Michael Dakina. While the film does deliver enough laughs to merit a recommendation, it is a letdown given the caliber of the comic minds involved. That's still a negative comment, but it was a positive review. It's so I guess that <laughs> yeah, it kind of shows like yes, like it might you might have enjoyed it, but I think it's fair to say that it. There's something a little bit off or missing, whether that is like the representation of this mental health disorder. Mm. Like I think watching that now is something that we'll probably have a lot to talk about, yeah. given how far mental health portrayals 
and representation has become since the year 2000. Um, but yeah, I think we'll, we'll save that perhaps for one of the later categories. The next thing we're, we're going to run through is the number one song when this movie released. I don't know if it's my age being uh, 12, 13 in the year 2000, but I feel like this year was full of bangers. Um, but <laughs> oh, I want to yeah. know if anyone can guess the uh, number one hit song on the ARIA charts oh. in uh, June 2000. I was going to say Silverchair. Silverchair. Yeah. Um, make it, in, make it up to you in the year 2000. But I think that came, came out, out in 99. It came out in 99, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Neon Ballroom came out. Neon Ballroom was in 99. I'll I'm tell you, of all the, all the artists I'm looking at here, it's all pop music. Oh, come nah. on, well, I'm out well, of that, that, I didn't listen to pop. <laughs> <laughs> Except for yeah. one song that's more hip-hop. That doesn't help. Yeah, no. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't really help. I, I did listen to a lot of Triple J back then, but it wouldn't really help with the R.A. <laughs> at all. All right, so it, I'll tell you who it was, and then we'll go through some of the other songs. But it, uh, Who the Hell Are You by Madison Avenue. Oh, yeah. do, you remember, do you remember that. this one? I remember that song. Yeah. It, was a, it was a dance tune. So Vaguely. before that, it was um, Britney with Oops, I Did It Again. Mm-hmm. Before that, Destiny's Child, Say My Name. Mm-hmm. That is a banger. Uh, Bardo. Is that <laughs> Poison. Yeah, Bardo. Was, yeah, pop stars. yeah, I was around then, yep. And previous to Bardo, NSYNC, Bye Bye Bye. I thought that was so like that, 95, to be honest. Yeah, that, but... that was the... <laughs> no, it was, it was 2000. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> yeah. So, so those were the ones leading up to it, but after we had Kylie Minogue with Spinning Around, that was her big comeback in the gold hot yeah. pants. Mm-hmm. Then Bomb Funk MC's Freestyler. Fuck mm-hmm. yeah, I love that was song. One of my, that was one of my favourite yeah. songs. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, they had the PlayStation controller in the video clip. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. So I always good. thought that was yeah. kind of weird. Like it didn't have a cord on it or anything. It was just walking around with the... Pr- pr- Whatever the control was called before the DualShock, I guess. I uh, don't remember. I guess it's just the PlayStation 1 controller. Yeah. yeah it's it just a controller. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Anastasia, I'm Out of Love. That was like six weeks at number one. Jeez. So I will say it again. Great year for, for pop music. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of good stuff happening in rock as well. Yeah. I think what have you? That was yeah. when Easy came out by Grinspoon was around then, so. Yeah, well, actually, it. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good call. That's what I would have been listening to. I, I that when you were like, it's pop music, I was like, oh. It was like yeah. ninety nine. Oh, the other one would have been big around there was Limp Biscuit. Yeah. yeah. Too, because that was when they released Chocolate Starfish. Was um, no, that was ninety nine. I was gonna say the the Offspring album, like, get a job and. Uh, oh, that album came out in. That was ninety nine. Eight. Or 98. Yeah, a little okay. bit earlier. 98, because Pretty Fly was like top of Hottest 100 for 98. Sure. All right, what have you done for me lately? Jim Carrey's definitely known for the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise at the moment, I think. <laughs> My nieces love it's... those movies. It's so yeah. weird. <laughs> I mean, from I haven't watched them. Have any of you watched them? Uh, okay, I watched the first one, and it's on Netflix at the moment, so do yourself a favour and go watch it. Cause okay. If you didn't, ha- if you had no concept of what Sonic the Hedgehog was prior to seeing the film, you would say it is a good children's movie. Mm. It falls in that sort of category. Okay. It's actually 
a pretty damn good movie. Um, okay. Yeah, so yeah, that's the best way I can describe it. It's, it's worthwhile giving a watch. If you had no concept of what Sonic was prior to it, it works as just a straight-up any other kid's movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Know, it's Again, because of the Sonic links there with the games, um, yeah, for us older generations, uh, we can enjoy it too. And then I think Sonic 2, which is out now, yeah. mm-hmm. seems to be even more true to the Dr. Robotnik character as far as like he, now he's grown that moustache out <laughs> and just even more of a cartoon villain. Yeah. So Love it. I think, um, I think yeah, Sonic 2 he's seems to be just as popular. He's always just been a cartoon character anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Renee Zellweger... Uh, the thing about Pam is the last yes. thing she did. I, I don't know what that is. It says TV it miniseries. Uh, um... Yeah, it's a television series. Uh, I'm not too sure what channel it's coming to, but it's based on a true story, which I'm really fascinated to watch it and find out more. The The preview that they have running on TV at the moment makes it look pretty good. The cast is pretty decent. But um, from what I'm getting, she plays a compulsive liar. And someone who okay. constantly okay. tries to get involved in, like, court cases or something along those lines. That's what she seems to be doing. But um, right. she's got a lot of prosthetics on. It looks... Uh, she looks... Really? Very different. Uh, okay. Very, very different. But, yeah, I'm really interested to see how it goes. I'm going to quickly Google this. Yeah. It's interesting because she's been very low-key. Like, she, mm. she, her career has taken a huge step back. Like, I don't know if that was intentional. Like, sometimes people are like, oh, I'm taking a break or whatever. And then other times they're just not popular anymore. But mm. between yeah. 2010 and now, the Bridget Jones's baby, like that sequel was the only one that I remember her doing. And looking through her mm. IMDb, I was like, oh, it's because she's barely done anything. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why. But yeah, she does have a lot of prosthetics in this. Or she's aged incredibly. <laughs> I can't tell which. Which I can't but, imagine um, she would because she's always looked very uh, very young. And her like the skin that they've given her, I was like, oh, that's... Yeah. You know what? Odd. They've got a, a side-by-side of yeah. her with the character she's portraying. And she looks just like her. So oh, I'd no say way. that there's a lot of okay. prosthetic happening there. Yeah. Because my grandma's like, does, does Renee Zellweger actually look like that? And I saw it and I was like, oh, I don't think so. Yeah, I was trying to just remember. It was like, did she have one of those things where they're like, oh my God, look at what's happened to them now sort of <laughs> moments. It's like, no, I don't remember it being Renee Zellweger. Maybe someone yeah. else. Mm. She also did a series, a Netflix series called What If? Not to do with the Marvel, obviously the Marvel What If? Mm. Um, that was 2019 and that was like a thriller oh. series. So that was probably the last thing that people might have seen her in. Yeah. For the thing about Pam, which is coming out, I think, what have we got here? In my, uh, apparently it's it's out now. Probably probably out in the US, but on its way yeah. still for us. Yeah. Yeah, it's saying I think it's next week or the week after. Sure. So Richard, Richard Jenkins, who plays Agent Beauchene in this film, he's quite a big actor he was in the shape of water and a bunch of you know Mm -hmm. he's done a bunch of serious stuff but most recently nightmare alley yeah and he's playing um a character in a series or yeah a series called monster the jeffrey dharma story about the serial killer oh they're doing another one yeah that's coming out later this year oh do we really need another one 
who knows? <laughs> we say that. We say, like, oh, do we need this? And then someone comes along and does, like, the best version of it. And you're like, yeah, true. I did need another one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, true. Um, the last person, like, there's a lot of kind of B and C grade um, actors in this movie. But um, hmm. the last one I will mention is Anthony Anderson, who plays Jamal. And um, yeah, he's been huge in these series, mm. like Blackish, Grownish, Mixedish, playing the same character. Didn't realize he was also a Law and Order regular. Um, he's been on that show for like fifty-seven episodes. So oh, wow. good on him. He's had mm. quite a career since me, myself, and Irene. And I think a lot of people know him probably as like Kangaroo Jack, <laughs> being in that yeah. um, disaster of a movie. Yeah. Oh God. All right, and it's time for the categories. Benny, what's the most 2000s moment of this film that came out in 2000? Oh, uh, the fact that no one had a mobile phone is probably pretty 2000s. Um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I wrote that down because it, it's, mm. it's like There's people like had phones. a single phones. mobile phone reference. Yeah. People had phones then, but it wasn't like yeah. you had to have a phone, you know? No. Um, that, that was the year I got my first mobile phone. It was literally right before I went to schoolies. Hey, um, nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just trying to think. That, like, that's probably the one thing that stood out to me. Um, and then obviously using like proper like wall phones and phones in the hotel rooms and everything like that. And yeah, it's and that's just an age of the the film, really, because you know it wasn't a thing back then. So can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Mm. I mean, the other, thing that, the other thing that I had was like the soundtrack, like there's Foo Fighters, Smash yes. Mouth, Offspring, mm. Such Wilco, Hootie and the Blowfish, Ben Folds 5. Like it's a lot, probably 90s okay. songs, but... Um, See, I didn't pick up on that because I just thought these are just good songs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't actually equate them to the top. XTC, yeah. yeah. It's definitely... Exactly. Um, I think it's a soundtrack that the Farrelly brothers, like, they seem like they do really well to pick their songs. Like, the Dumb and Dumb yeah. soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. Um, something about Mary soundtrack is really so awesome. And Actually, just, they, you just reminded yeah. me, too, is like, because I just let the credits play out um, after the film had finished when I was watching it at the Savo. And the very final song on the in the after credits is an AFI song. I was like, what yeah. the, what the fuck? What? Like, What's this <laughs> AFI song doing in here? Where did it come from? <laughs> so good. I love that. It's um, it's nice and nostalgic for, for me. I, I love all the music on this because I mm. haven't watched it probably since I was like 15. So it's been a while it's since sure. I've watched the film. Is it two or three cake songs appear in this film? I think there's three. Yeah. Really? There's quite mm. a few. Because you're just like, yeah. what, is that cake again? <laughs> very so distinguishable. <laughs> yeah. Cake, yeah. That's cake. <laughs> when Ben Folds played, I was like, fuck yeah, I forgot how much I love Ben Folds. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have anything else for the, the 2000s kind oh, of the category? Ca- the cars in 2000 movies always get me because they're so big. And I'm like, why is your car friggin' like <laughs> eight feet long? I don't get it. And uh, oversized suits... Like how their suits like oh, go down yeah. to their knuckles, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's two thousand." The suits, the, the silk shirt like yeah. <laughs> thing as well. It's just like, oh. yeah, killed me. I was Glad like, that fashion oh. trend died out. <laughs> yeah, me too. 
Yeah, the last thing that I wanted to mention was Anna Kornikova is in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the girlfriend. And like, yeah, and yeah. it was one of those My things where shooting. like, <laughs> like they lingered on her in a way that was like, oh, we're supposed to know who this is, and it's yeah. like mm. meant to be part of the joke. And um, I kind of almost didn't recognize her because she's so not relevant in twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is kind of amazing like usually attractive people are just relevant forever <laughs> but um i i guess uh i guess people got Not over anna Kornikova. she was massive like in yeah. the late 90s huge. like she had a video game <laughs> like she yeah. had and she was never like a number it was one not a boy ranking or at, anything yeah there's not a boy at high school at that time that did not have a thing for anna Kornikova. <laughs> yeah Every man, every boy loved. I'm gonna that. have to ask my partner because he was in high school when it came out as yeah. well. I was mm. in year four, so I'll have to ask him. She's got a great name to say as well. It's, it's yeah. always fun to say Anna Kornikova, you know. But I like the look on the cops' faces when they go back and they're like, "That's not your dad. That's yeah. that, uh, your boyfriend." Okay, cool. Yeah, great. What did you guys have for the most iconic scene? <laughs> I have so many. <laughs> All right, give us give us like your top three, and then we'll see right. if, if we've covered the rest. Mm. Um, when he drowns the skipping rope girl in the fountain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, classic child abuse gag. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and the thing is, like now I'll be like, oh, don't you touch kids? But <laughs> I, I, I'll wear my time frame lenses for yeah, that. Yeah, you gotta. Uh, yeah. two- we'll get we'll get to the critiquing of how appropriate <laughs> yeah. things are, like in the, in like the later categories. <laughs> yeah, uh, cotton mouth when he has the cotton mouth in the police station. Yeah, so fucking good. And then when he's watch- washing his butt, when he finds out that Hank had put the dildo in his butt, and he's like, "I'm just freshening up," but he's like splashing water <laughs> into his butt. <laughs> butt. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it, I in the same so similar. <laughs> part of the movie but when he goes to the toilet in the morning after and it's just like (laughs) direct angle in the opposite direction like that's a pretty funny (laughs) we're re-watching that today i'm sitting there going i'm I'm clearly not doing shit right because this has never happened to me definitely played up for, uh, for laughs but and then, like later in the film, when he's fighting himself as like mm. Hank and Charlie, I yeah. feel like that's a kind of, uh, kind of, it's quite a funny scene, but it's one that's like it sums up the movie. It's about this character who's like, you know, fighting against the two different sides of his yeah. personality. I think it's great when he throws himself out of the car. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, the other one I had in my <laughs> mind that stands out is the scene with the cow. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hundred um, percent. Do something, not, and she comes over. Do something. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so not how you expect the scene to go. You're like, oh, it's, he's gonna have to shoot this thing, and that's gonna be it. <laughs> yeah, and then they mention it later on about yeah. how he like murdered this cow in cold blood. Mm. Oh, it survived though. He said it survived. He's still alive <laughs> at the end of the movie. Yeah. They said he you put see six it with rounds. a neck brace at the end. <laughs> they said he put six rounds into a prize cow or whatever it was. It's like, oh, Cows are tough, so but they're not that tough. <laughs> the, the other, the other scene that I really enjoyed. I don't know, like we're talking about I- iconic, just I guess just good scenes. The tra- the kind of transition or the montage of the the triplets, the black triplets being born, 
and mm. then raised by him. And the way they grow up, they're watching Richard Pryor, they're watching <laughs> yeah. Chris Rock, and yeah. just seeing them go from like these little kids on the couch. Um, but also like Jim Carrey's like face like squished is... in between the giant yeah, black man. <laughs> when they when they grow up and he's just like squished in there with them, that's hilarious. But his acting is actually amazing in that prior um, scene where mm. first he's like trying to grab the remote and like turn the channel when Richard Pryor starts swearing, but his kids are laughing so much that he kind of looks at them and he's like, okay, like sure, like maybe we'll just we'll watch a, a few minutes yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah. Like his 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 performance there is actually really funny and convincing and and uh you kind of feel like okay he's trying to be the cool dad and then, then when they're grown up he's like i might have to bust a cap and he's picked up some of the like lingo and stuff it's so funny it's so, and so it's wholesome so cringe yeah. as well yeah. and it's like oh don't say that it's such a dad thing yes and they're giving him like a big kiss on the cheek which apparently jim carrey impro- uh, improvised that and they were i love that surprised. they're like i love you daddy <laughs> still it's yeah. like yeah uh, what holds up the best is the next question. I think f- for me, like I said, those scenes with the with the kids and Jim Carrey, I, I just yeah. love how wholesome they are and how fun it is. Like the juxtaposition of these um, these three giant black guys and Jim Carrey is this super skinny, like reserved guy, and they, they're like swearing and they're like acting like I, I guess in that stereotypical over the top. Um, comical way for for uh, for some black characters but then they 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 kind of turn that on its head as well by having them be incredibly intelligent and yeah um like just way too like they can build a plane as kids yeah. they can fly <laughs> a, a plane yeah. <laughs> they can fly a plane that's written in german <laughs> like they they're just so good at math and yeah. like it's it's just funny how um how clever they are to, to kind of throw that on its head. Like the, the scene as well, I guess if we're saying what holds up the best, they kind of predicted the whole Pluto's not a real planet thing. Yeah. That's that. like, <laughs> he's like really annoyed, like genuinely annoyed that the Pluto's being classified as a planet. And it wasn't as like planet, until, yeah. until 2006 that scientists were like, yeah, actually it's not a planet. <laughs> what did, what, so what did you guys have? I think for me it's mainly the slapstick comedy element of the film mm. because mm-hmm. I think that that always holds up no matter what. It It's like transcends yeah. time. It, it's always going to be funny. It's always going to be relevant. And so Jim Carrey is just one of those people that I think pulls it off so artistically and is willing to go yeah. that extra mile to like hurt himself yes. or make a complete idiot of himself. He does it in every single movie. And, and I think that that's why I've always really enjoyed him as a comedic actor like i do like him in his mm. serious stuff you know there's the eternal mm. sunshine of the internal the sunshine spotless, of the spotless mind, mind. Yeah, yeah i've only seen that like once or twice and uh and the truman show and stuff and like so he does these really great serious characters but yeah. man when he's in a comedy like he is he's center stage you know what i mean like he takes that spotlight and he runs with it and i think mm-hmm. that yeah, his comedy and his physical comedy will always hold up no matter what film it's in yeah, for sure. You could you could do like just a mm. a montage with some '90s song playing of just him yeah. doing all these great comedy, physical comedy yeah. bits, and it would still be just hilarious without any context. Yeah. Uh, a great um, thing that sums up what you've just kind of described is, and this is also good writing as well in the movie where mm. um, Charlie is really timid, but Hank is really quick to get into a fight. But despite this, 
he clearly has no idea what he's doing when he's fighting. <laughs> yeah, like he, he's he's got all, he, like he's doing all these like moves yeah, that he's seen in movies. Yeah. He's like like kind of uh, what, what do you call it like the the Ali kind of shuffle and he's jive yeah. stepping and he's doing all this kind of like dodging and ducking and diving. But he just gets his butt kicked, um, yeah. and that's like because Charlie is still at the center of this and has no idea what he's doing in a fight. <laughs> yeah, and he yeah he really sells like Benny was saying that it's two different um, personalities within the same person. Yeah. Was there anything yeah. anything you had uh, Benny for this? Uh, pretty much what I already mentioned, like, and you just brought it up again, is just the fact that he's able to switch between the two personalities. That holds up really well. Because, uh, again, you believe that it is a completely different character inhabiting the same body. Mm. Um, like, that that's probably the one thing. And I was the, as we were talking as well, I was just thinking about how Charlie, as a character, especially at the start of the film, very very sad life <laughs> realistically like yeah. mm. you, you go back and re-watching especially at the start when he's like you know he's really happy and he's bringing his wife into the house for the first time as a married couple <laughs> and all he just wants to do is pay the guy like he's payment a check oh, and then it turns into this big fight and then all of a sudden she's nunchucks. off having an affair with him and, and it all just everything just goes completely wrong for him and you're just watching mm. this progress of his, it's just this really sad tale and I was just watching this today going, damn, that's that's <laughs> yeah. really sad. Poor, yeah. poor Charlie. I, I never clicked on this before. So maybe it's because it's been such a long time since I watched the film. But just watching it now, I was just like, wow, that's um, that really tugged on the heartstrings a little bit. Poor guy. He's just been walked all over. And surprised he didn't go absolutely ballistic earlier. Like, today yeah. you call him an incel, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Probably. <laughs> if they went crazy I, like that, it'd just be completely yeah. crazy like that. Yeah. I think it's really great, um, Jim Carrey's portrayal of Charlie as well as that, you know, soft mm. pushover. Yeah. And he still does it with this air of comedy that I don't think any other actor can really encapsulate he, the way he does. And he does it in a lot of his roles where he's, where he's playing these sort of characters where you can actually see the character has a lot of heart and is caring and is yeah. a beautiful person as well. At the end, at, like, at the core of the character, that's what Charlie is. He's this yeah. sweet, loving guy who just wants to look after his kids and just have a happy life. And he doesn't want to have to deal with all these confrontations, but obviously that's kind of the moral of the movie is that, you know, yeah. there are confrontations in life and you have to face them head on or otherwise Hank's things will happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The... Next part that we're going to look at is going to be fun. Uh, what holds yeah. up the worst? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, get started. I'll, I'll kick this off. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this character, Charlie, is diagnosed in the movie with something they call advanced delusionary schizophrenia with involuntary narcissistic rage. I don't know if that's a real thing. Um, they kind of, Maybe at other points, call part? it... Yeah, they, they call it dissociative identity disorder at different yeah. points. Mm-hmm. And I think these days it's called multiple personality disorder. No, the other way around. So the other it way was around. multiple and now it's DID. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. right, they've right, 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 found right, this right. whole new thing about fracture, like your, your persona fracturing. Right, so, so it's, mm. you're, it's really you're, disas- you're disassociating rather than uh, having multiple personalities. Yeah. 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 So the, the way that they really portray that... Um, if, if it is the same thing as schizophrenia, I don't know. But the, the way that they portray this in the film, 
I think probably set mental health back like years yeah. as far as like people understanding what it actually is and what it involves mm. and what it's like to have those disorders because mm. it's clearly just played completely for comedy. Um, oh, yeah. They were criticized at the time and they kind of just said, you know, it's a comedy, don't worry about it. But um, I think you definitely wouldn't get away with this kind of portrayal now. Yeah. And as much as it is, frankly, hilarious. Yeah, like um, Hank's a great character. But... Yeah, it, it's... Um, <laughs> it, yeah, I, I can see someone who has schizophrenia or knows someone with schizophrenia or works with people with schizophrenia not finding it funny because they just know it's so far from a joke in real life. Yeah. 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 It's very detached oh, oh. from what schizophrenia actually is as well. Oh, yeah. So not only is it an improper betrayal, it's an improper diagnosis and it's mm-hmm. like, cool, like split personality is what it was originally, like that split or multiple personalities because that's what psychiatrists believed that it was. Until, yeah. you know, it's been renamed. So not only did we see during this time, like, me, myself and Irene come out, a couple of years later, um, uh, you know, Shyamalan's Split came out with uh, James McAvoy as a character with DID. And so mm. it's like, we've also got a pretty shitty portrayal later on and people still aren't getting the that picture was, that yeah, this is Yeah, a lot more recent. That was, that was yeah, in, like, 2010, 2012, maybe? 13, Yeah, around that. Because Unbreakable yeah. came out way, you know, like, way yeah. so way much late, before yeah. all of that. There's also and, a lot of movies that I won't mention specifically because it's, like, mm, the twist, but it's, like, yeah. there's two characters and then you realise at the end that that character and that character are the same person because they've got yeah. two personalities or whatever. I watched something yeah. recently like that and I was just like, oh. Oh, that's a like that's a twist now. <laughs> like <laughs> that's that's yeah. just poor writing to me. But <laughs> do a proper yeah. portrayal of the you know the 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 disorder and not have it as a big mm. reveal. Like I'm just very apprehensive about watching films that do improperly portray these mental health conditions. Obviously, and I'm sure yeah. everybody is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was more, and this is just because my brother actually has schizophrenia. Um, watching it was for me like now because he's he's only been diagnosed with schizophrenia much later in life. Um, but watching it now is like that's not schizophrenia. That's all yeah. it was for me. Is just mm. that's not schizophrenia. This film's still funny. It's just yeah. they've used the wrong lingo. Yeah. You know they've got oh that's a that's a psych, uh, psychiatric disorder there we'll just use that word there put it in mm. here oh this he's raging so we're going to use narcissistic rage as something in there as well so I think for the most part most people can separate fact from fiction yeah unfortunately we live in a world where a lot of people don't separate fact from fiction so yeah it's it for me as someone that has an immediate family member with schizophrenia, um, yeah, it didn't bother me at all. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's yeah. fair you enough. Know, it's just, and it's, again, because I can separate the two. Yeah. I know what yeah. my brother goes through is very different and very unique, and it's nothing at all like what that is. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's just, is I think majority of people are clever enough and smart enough, and even my brother's, definitely seen this film because I know we've probably watched it together at <laughs> yeah. some point. It's uh, not that much younger than me. But uh, even if he was to watch it today, I'm sure he could still probably have a chuckle at it. 
Yeah. I just think if they remade it today, they'd give it mm. the actual name. Like, uh, the, proper the proper name. Yeah, yeah proper and the proper context name. for it, yeah. you know? Like, mm. it's just, yeah, for me, it's like, that's not even what schizophrenia mm. is. Like, yeah, you, I, I, you don't have another like... personality with schizophrenia. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think having that... That... Uh, particular condition or, or disorder even mm. before this movie had a lot of stigma where like yeah. oh yeah. This, this guy this guy's a skits like he's 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 it could just be a kid that's got adhd and he's aggressive oh, or yeah. he's like whatever mm. and it's oh he's a skits schizo or whatever and then when a movie like this comes out and they say oh he's got schizophrenia and he is like a violent kind of character it just kind of probably adds to that stigma that it's someone stigma, acting yeah. that someone acting out yeah. is a skits even though you're like oh he doesn't literally have schizophrenia but it's just a word that you can use to describe someone that's a bit of a psycho oh. um yeah and, and it, probably again, it's damaging what the popular term is um, yeah, yeah. so it's kind of damaging from that perspective i imagine yeah. but like, yeah, like you said a, um, an adult who's educated and understands mental health the way that we do now could watch it and not be uh harmed or offended by it no. but i think even anyone that isn't like acutely aware of the differences in these things could just easily watch it and have it add to that stigma instead. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. absolutely mm. agree. Uh, the next thing I wanted to bring up was uh, Jim Carrey sucking at the teat of a literal <laughs> woman's breast. Oh, oh. Uh, Very enthusiastically. I, I, I thought that this was like probably like a prosthetic. <laughs> I couldn't I believe it was that in happens. there. Yeah, I, I, I did too. I, I was like, okay, it's a clever camera angle. It's a prosthetic. No, he actually sucked on this actor's <laughs> yeah. real breast that had milk yeah. in it. Bec- I was watching because... it going, that's a real booby. <laughs> it does have, um, it's very textural for yeah. a boob. <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't even know you'd be allowed to show this in a movie, um, but apparently you can. I think and so, yeah. Jim Carrey was um, humiliated. Carrey was... At doing this and had to like apologize to this woman in between each take. Oh, bless him. Oh, he had to do multiple takes. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Multiple takes. That would have been the worst part dying. of it. Having, like, doing oh, it once, God. fair enough, but then having to do multiple takes. Just Oh, there'd be oh. 30 people standing around watching Yeah. It well. yeah. It's kind of not very personal anymore, is it? Like... It's not sexual. Like, it's meant to be like he's doing this because he's sexually attracted to this woman. There mm. would be nothing sexual about, about that at that all. At all. <laughs> Oh, which is kind of good because then you can have a boob yeah. without people being like weirdly aroused by the fact. I that hope she was out. well paid though. I hope so she was I. very well compensated. <laughs> yeah. Imagine being like the a woman. It's just a boob. Yeah, it's all good. Imagine being like, yeah, Jim Carrey sucked on my breast. <laughs> not in that. In this. In a. Not in the privacy. That's one claim of, to fame. Or in home, but uh, on a stage. <laughs> I mean, we were on a set of... and getting filmed, yeah. but same thing. <laughs> and then taking like the, that already had me kind of like. Shook, but then the uh, the non consexual sexual encounter between Hank and uh, what's her name is uh, Irene. Irene. So she thinks she thinks it's Charlie. It's actually yeah. Hank. Yeah. Like yeah. we know these days that that would be a Me Too kind of like sexual rape, basically. Like for um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At the time. That nuance probably did not exist, even yeah. though they did. They do draw attention to it and say, like, "You lied to me," or "You like she's she's yeah. really ticked off at him." But like these days, we've come to develop the terminology and understanding mm. of consent way more. I think as yeah. a society yeah. to say, like, it's not. It's like 
in no way cool. It's not even almost, it's almost not even funny at all in this movie. Yeah. It's just because mm-hmm. you know stories or like instances of people who've been tricked to do things. It, it happened in Porky's in the 80s, you know, yeah. it happens yeah. probably. Um, you, you hear different stories uh, about it. Um, and... What's the other one? Uh, Revenge of the Nerds in the 80s was the other one too. Mm. Right, yeah. Maybe that's what I was yeah. thinking of. But e- either way, um, yeah, that's a, that was a tough that's one. That's a great moment. Yeah, watching right. it today, I was just like... I, but I kind of do like the fact that they did have the conversation about how mm. you tricked me. I thought it was Charlie. Yeah. And, and I think that that's a really important part to happen, even in a 2000s movie. The fact that they had yeah, that conversation definitely. put in there, I was surprised, to be honest. I was shocked. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Yep. All right. And then <laughs> as, while, whilst we're on like the kind of sexual nature, <laughs> the... the uh, <laughs> The part where Hank's taking over Charlie's body against his will, and he's just running around like he's he he pulls his fly down and he's exposing himself oh, yeah. to people yeah. in this like, kind of crazy climax name. of the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that, and like again, same kind of thing. Like just very uncool <laughs> when you know yeah. the people in like people in power have done that kind of thing to to people yeah. um, or even just like not people in power just people on the street like you would be arrested and thrown in prison oh, yeah. for that yeah. Um, but there's no consequences for some reason um, mm. I guess because he has a split personality it's not his fault like they don't really go into that how he can just remain doing... as a police officer and continue to just Show you know all, the, all this yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. He, he does all this stuff as Hank and there's no consequences um, mm. because I guess there was a worse character than him that was trying <laughs> to kidnap her, so it's all okay. There's another bad thing to worry um, about. P- yeah. And part of it is like, okay, he didn't take his meds, so he, that's the reason this is all happening. Why, why didn't he take his meds on that trip? He rushed he out of the hotel he, room. They rushed out, the, yeah. left it in the hotel room when they rushed out. Oh, okay. I missed yeah. that part, sure. And he left his gun too. Yeah. Of course. So those were the most egregious things i've got more but i think i'll let someone else have a turn um <laughs> yeah uh also the picking on the albino guy uh-huh oh, yeah yeah that he was pretty <laughs> it's like the fact though that like he goes my name's casper but all my friends call me whitey yeah. as well it's just like oh god after he's been calling him milky <laughs> milky yeah, yeah. Like, and th- those names aren't any better no no <laughs> like, but he gets his revenge, and, and then he, I think he's... that's so good. <laughs> yeah, and then his parents moved to Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. There's um, this whole there's this whole trope of like albinos represented in movies as mm-hmm. um, psychotic yeah. and crazy, and that yeah. certainly like when he's like, "Oh, I murdered my whole family." Like they're playing up to that kind of that image. Whole yeah. Image. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was great how terrified Charlie was. He's like, I'm just going to go outside. Yeah. Um, yeah, just going to try and make out with the girl. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Mm. And I, I think it's it speaks to that character and the way it was written that the actor, um, I think Michael Bowman was his name, he said that he's somewhat regretted taking the role due to yeah. the on-screen discrimination that his character got because he's obviously yeah. al- albino in real life. Yeah. And he, he actually didn't make any other movies. He did a few TV shows after this and then was like, I'm, I'm done with acting. So, Poor guy. Yeah. There wouldn't, it mm. would be 
it would be difficult to get a role as someone who looks like him that isn't centered completely around the fact that he has this yeah. um, pigmentation. Well, but in disorder. those days, yeah, absolutely. Nowadays, it'd be whatever. Yeah, do whatever you yeah. want. But That's right. Definitely in the 2000s, they're like, we want you because you're an albino, and we want yeah. you to be and then, an albino yeah. in the movie. And there was like um, uh, the, the Da Vinci Code, I think, with the. That's villain. what yeah. I was just trying to think of Da Vinci yeah. Code, because like the villain in that is yeah. an albino, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but they wrote. So, I think Dan Brown wrote that into the book. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. So they need mm-hmm. yeah an albino actor. Yeah, it's been oh, far yeah, out. It's for been sure. so long since I've seen that movie. The same scene, he says to a lesbian couple, "Hey, fellas." Yeah, that, <laughs> and that too, was yeah. kind of like, yeah. oh, I, yeah, I picked up on that as well. I was like, <laughs> that would have gone down well. That whole scene is just full of really mm. bad shit, like him yelling at the kid, then wanting yes. to like fight the kid, and like I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, this is just unraveling very quickly. There's a lot of strange behavior towards kids. Like there's yeah. that where mm. he's bu- he's bullying the kid, and then early in the film he's dunking the girl in the fountain, he and then an even... ice cream from another <laughs> yeah. kid. Yeah. Ice cream, yeah, and then at the the barbecue at the start of the movie, his friends talking about his kids penis sizes oh that's so weird because because they're yeah black. and it's like uh, oh like not only is it a racial stereotype that's i guess harmful it's like that it, it's like could be considered offensive it's also you're talking about children like why are yeah. you looking at these friends kids dicks <laughs> like, yeah. it's so it's like when Dude. like some mothers will be like oh look at them little boyfriend girlfriend they're gonna get married and it's like they're six months old they, <laughs> they don't give a shit. Why and their so cousins. Weird? And their cousins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> but it's, like, it's just so to make weird. That joke. <laughs> yeah, th- so a lot of that stuff is like, you want to say it's the time, but it's, I mm. think a lot of it is just the Farrelly brothers trying to push boundaries. And, and they've they done that in did, a lot though. of their films. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like that they've done it to varied success because, like, Dumb and Dumber, I would say, doesn't have anything as, mm. you know, cringy as any of that. So there's something about Mary, again, I don't think they tried to push it anywhere near as hard. No. From what I can remember. It's been a while uh, since so, I've seen that, so. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that, um, I don't know if it was the period that, it came out. It was only a couple of years after the something about Mary, but they certainly seem to be going more for the edgy, you know, the dildo stuff and. Yeah, I mean, this was more of an on the R rating side of things, and what I think mm-hmm. something about in Mary the US, was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, something about Mary was only rated M here, from what I remember. Yes, because it's not too. Sexualized. It does have or... the does have the 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 franken beans in the. Oh, I was just about though, to say that. Yeah, might have pushed it up to. It I, I was I was thinking about the the cum hanging from the ear and There's like yeah. the hair swoosh. Yeah. I also um, went to the movies to see that. Oh no! And you would have been even younger. Oh, maybe I didn't see it at the movies then. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when something about Mary came out like. And maybe it's just because I would have been like 15 at the time, mm. but I just remember it being advertised more as a remote romantic comedy yeah. than it was as a comedy comedy. So I yeah. never saw it until much, much later, and I was like, this is not the movie I thought it was mm. at all. 
that's so weird. Um, yeah. Um, Did you have anything else to throw out for this uh, question? What holds up the worst? I think we've covered a lot. There's a lot, and I think we've yeah. covered it pretty well. <laughs> the chicken up the guy's butt. Oh, oh yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's I knew we were forgetting something. Because yeah. I was like, wasn't shit. that supposed to be an egg? What, why is it? And then I was sitting there watching it going, that would be like, cause the chicken's like flapping and clawing and all that sort of stuff. So you can only imagine what the beak's doing inside the butt. I'm like, that would be excruciatingly painful. Like, just, that would be horrendous. And that is like the very definition of assaulting a police officer. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I've how, how long can so a chicken survive? How long that, that, can a chicken survive? Mm, <laughs> just, oh, that's good just, question. yeah, just some very, very wrong parts about that. I was just like, yep. this, yep. Is, this is not good. There's mm. no daylight in, in there. No. <laughs> All right. That takes us into who would be the most offended. I feel like Peter would have a pretty good uh, time watching this with, the, with uh, the, between yes. the cow, the cow taking oh, the six fuck. bullets to the head, and the uh, you know the chicken up the the butthole. And also child protective services. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'd have a, they'd uh, have a strong case. The mental health sector obviously is the big one, and yeah. Yeah. you know, in reality, that turned out to be the group that had issues. Yeah. With the movie, rightfully mm-hmm. so. Um, but it's all yeah, it's all part of uh, I guess the modern lens that you look back at. The retrospective lens yeah. that we're like, ah, oh, that would not fly today. <laughs> oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> Does me myself and Irene pass the internet relevancy test? Hmm. I I said no. Like I don't think no. so. Like, no, like Benny was saying before. Films- from yeah. Jim Carrey have. Benny was saying, like, there's not anything that he remembered from it. There probably won't be anything he remembers in a year's time. I'll, yeah. I'll put it this like, way. Like, I watched it literally... I finished watching it about 4 o'clock this afternoon, and while we are talking about it, I do remember the film. I'm like, there's not, like, something instantly quotable or anything yes. like that. It's like, a, it's like yeah, it's, it's, it's a perfectly fine film. Like, I'm not yeah. going to go out of my way to see it again or anything like that. So I'd like just, yeah, there's nothing that's staying in my mind. That's going to be very memorable out of it. Mm. Like I'll remember little bits, like if someone brings up the film or, you know, something yeah. like that, but I'm not, someone might say something. I'm not going to reference it in my memory. No, that's where it's from. Yeah. Unless yeah. you see, a, a, unless you see a, a man on the street sucking a breast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like... won't. <laughs> Me, myself, Irene, right? Yeah. I'm a skinny white guy with three very large black children. Um, yeah. Yeah, like... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, I feel mm. like there's there's just not the staying power with this movie. No. And I think that's a sign of the overall quality, the scripts. Like, compared to, like, one of my favourite movies ever, Dumb and Dumber. Like, oh, it just yeah. doesn't, hold, doesn't hold a candle. It's just... It's just nowhere near the the level of of that script and like almost every line in that movie. It's quotable. Be, yeah. It's quotable. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, how would modern smartphones and social media change this movie? GPS. Um, yeah. <laughs> Find my they, iPhone. They would have tracked him down very quickly. Um, everyone would have been searching for them all over upstate New York and everything like that. Uh, 
they would have had bloody uh, public tip-offs very, very quickly on where <laughs> they were and all that sort of stuff because they weren't really doing a very good job of hiding themselves no. either. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, it, would have, it would have made the movie much, much shorter. Yeah, absolutely. There's not a lot I of guess... uh, hiding you can do when everyone has social media. No. True. Even if they ditched their phones, like the old, you know... Pull, like like in the before iPhones, it was like pull the battery out of your phone. That was kind of the, the mm, trope yeah. that they did, like that kind of yeah. thing. But, Smash um, a SIM card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, think... Like you look at it as well. Like we talked about the scene where he was like staring at the kid in the restaurant and like trying to fight this kid. Like everyone would have been out with their smartphone yeah. recording that. And it would be yeah. all over social media <laughs> instantly. Um, or there would be like police reports to begin with. Yeah. Um, saying like you know. This guy was spotted at a at a diner here. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and outraged Karens everywhere. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Could you make this movie today? And what would the twenty twenty two version be? It would be interesting to see someone tackle mental health to this degree in a comedy. Like, yeah, I it would be know. a very touchy, careful. I think thing. it could be done with the right script. And the right people. Um, like, yeah. Uh, and like we talked about it before, like updating with a proper medical diagnosis that's accurate to what yep. is being portrayed. Um, yeah, I, I think it's definitely possible. You, you can pretty much follow a lot of the story very story beats, at least very similarly. Um, you yeah, still I... make it a little bit of a road trip film sort of thing. Uh, sure. You can have the, the bad guys trying to track him down, the police chasing them and all that <laughs> sort of stuff could probably be changed a little bit for storytelling purposes. And if we're still doing it as a comedy, which you'd expect it would be, um, you can always, you know, um, pu- push a few things to the side for the sake of a good story. Mm. Yeah. I think yeah. it would probably have to be more of a dramedy where... I'm sure there's there's laughs and and whatever but there has to be a bit more um grounded recognition of what it's like to have a mental health disorder yeah because the, there wasn't really a moment where charlie was like i'm sick of this like my my life is being ruined by this and like breaking down like mm. he obviously didn't like having a split personality he was frustrated but he wasn't like crippled by it and that seems like there would be the more realistic approach to just you'd also only be dealing with it for about a week yeah yeah on top of all he's only just cracked it would be even more traumatic i feel like to have to adjust Mm. to that so yeah yeah, and if they have those drama um, elements they can explore that a lot more too i mean you can do it in a comedy too oh a dramedy i like that actually yeah that would work really well let's do that It's time for the Steve Buscemi Spark Plug Award. Steve Buscemi. A real spark plug. Like I was saying before, there's a lot of kind of B and C grade actors in this movie giving B and C grade performances. But the ones that I wanted to shout out were Tony Cox, the little person who fathers Mm. those three triplets. (laughs) He's so Uh, funny. When he he gets those nunchucks out, (laughs) it's um, it's pretty hilarious. Um, we've just done, well, I, I guess it was for Christmas. We did bad Santa, which he's probably mostly known for, but this was before that. And this is probably the first time most people came across Tony Cox. So he was great. Uh, Anna Kornikova will shout out for her <laughs> three lines or whatever. 
Uh, Michael Bowman, who plays Whitey. And I, I did like at the end of the film where they said, here's a bunch of people who were cut from the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. For time or their their roles were reduced. And they showed like every actor that wasn't like a like a lister basically. Uh, I, I've never seen that in a, in a film before. Yeah. So that was kind of a nice little uh, nod to the work that people put in because I imagine it would be really frustrating to perform in something to you know maybe t- turn down other work and then your your part gets cut from the film and you don't have that to add to your reel or whatever so only an issue that would probably affect or, or be appreciated by people in the industry but still interesting that they did that uh anthony anderson i want to give a special shout out to as yeah. one of those three triplets who probably stood out to me the most uh he was he was hilarious. Every time he had a line, I, I thought that it was really well uh, delivered and just so funny. So, I don't know. Yeah, who do you guys great. think stands out as kind of the spark plug of the film when it comes to those smaller roles? I think I think you're on the right track there with Anthony Anderson. Oh. Like, uh, even yeah. when he's just, like, flying the helicopter, um, <laughs> making bets with his German. brothers, screaming yeah, German screaming at his brother. German. It's um and because I really do I've I've enjoyed him in in other films and TV shows that I have seen him in and so it was yeah. nice to be reminded that he's in me myself and Irene so mm. yeah mm. I really enjoy him as an actor he's great yeah yeah I I was surprised I, I don't know why I thought it was Taylor Leone was the original the first wife um or the mother of the children but it's it's actually Trailer Howard who's from three. Uh, two guys and a girl. Two guys, yeah. Yeah. It's a place. I was like, oh, that's who that was. Because I, in my head, I was remembering it as Taylor Leone for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why I had that in my head. Just replaced generic blonde actress, I suppose. But um, that's yeah, it. Uh, that was the only other one. And uh, Robert Forster was like, I don't know what the hell this guy's yeah. been in that I remember him from. But he's just got that face that just looks mm. familiar. And he just Breaking always bad. seems to Probably, play like that yeah. dad character. Yeah. He's, he was the vacuum cleaner guy at Breaking Bad who could make people disappear. Oh, um, yeah. That was yeah. His, I think that was his last role because he popped up again in Better Call Saul, I think, before oh, he, he, he died like, recently. Yeah, he was, back in, he was in Jackie yeah. Brown and stuff as well right back in the okay. day. Okay. Interesting. Was he in oh, uh, Twin he Peaks? In, yeah. I can't remember if he was in Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks. Yeah, I think he was in Twin Peaks as well. He seems like a Twin Peaksy kind of guy. <laughs> But um, yeah, we'll give it to Anthony Anderson. I, I love when, mm. like, the line that I always remember is when he's defending Charlie and he's like, he, he, he does have advanced delusionary schizophrenia with involuntary narcissistic rage, but he is a very gentle person. <laughs> you know. That, and I love that I, I he's like, that, I, I don't that. care about cops when it's my dad that's in there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, your dad's also a cop? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <that's really. laughs> but he's a pushover, so. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, the last question before we wrap things up is, is me, myself, and Irene still a good movie? I would say this is a borderline, but I'm giving it a yes. Like, uh, it's yeah. it was enjoyable. It mm. had enough laughs. Like, it had more laugh-out-loud moments than some movies we've watched on, on this podcast. And that's mm-hmm. saying a lot because, you know, it's... They're, they're all movies that we've that we know, that we love, uh, or that we used to love. And it, it's it's sometimes tough to go back and rewatch them. But this this was not one of those ones where it was like, 
painful to go back to. Yeah. yeah. I still enjoyed it. It wasn't like it was. It was clear that it wasn't going to be in that A tier of the Jim Carrey movies, but um, it's still. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it was like his last real Jim Carrey role. That's what okay. it feels like to me. Like maybe Yes Man, maybe like I don't know. Because like after that, you start to go into like fun with Dick and Jane and Bruce Mr. Almighty. Mr. Yeah, Bruce Almighty is fantastic. Oh wait, was that after? Yeah, that was after this yeah. too, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll give that. Even even then, it was still like Bruce Almighty was. It was a good role, but I wouldn't say it was necessarily like a real Jim Carrey role in the sense of what I said before with like The Mask, you know, Liar Liar, mm-hmm. those kinds the of like of wacky um, characters. Bruce was a bit more of a real human most of the time, but yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other, well, the other one that was more cartoony that I think of is uh, Lemony Snicket's series of oh, unfortunate events, oh, totally. he's, he's the villain, and that's a very yeah. Jim Carrey role as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously Robotnik right now as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I I agree. I think it's it's like I said earlier. It's, it's a fine. It's a decent film. There's nothing particularly wrong with it. I just don't think there's anything super memorable about it. That's that true you're going to walk away from remembering like, and I was even thinking like, where does this rate on the scale of not so much Jim Carrey films, but of Farrelly brothers films as well. We, we've got to bring that into the equation. Like I, I'd say mm, personally yeah. for me, Dumb and Dumb is my favorite Farrelly Miller, uh, brothers. Me film. Too, yeah. But I'd probably still rate this lower than, oh, maybe above shallow how, but below stuck on you sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. It's I, I, again, like I said, I've walked away from, this afternoon, literally going, that's not really the most memorable film mm. that I really, like, I enjoyed it perfectly fine. Um, but, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, I, I love it, and when I watch it, I remember why I find it so funny, but it's not like mm. I'm walking away being like, got to watch that again tomorrow because it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Gotta watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we could all... Have a similar experience as we <laughs> yeah. as we revisited it, probably for the first time in a long time. But um, mm. that's it for this episode. So you can obviously subscribe if you haven't already. Share the podcast with your friends. You can grab your eight bit merch over at shop eight bit dot net. And if you want to support what we're doing, our Kofi page is out there at ko ficom slash we are eight bit. That's where you can chip in a few dollars a month to help what we're doing. And if you don't have the dollars to spare, well, it's quite easy to get onto Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Podchaser and leave a five-star rating or a review if they'll let you do that. Uh, where can we find you on the socials, Cat? And why don't you tell us a bit about uh, how your, your project's coming along? Oh, yeah. So you can find me at catstead underscore on Twitter and you can find from there all the projects that I'm currently working on. I have just chosen our contributors for volume two of our horror personal essays anthology here i scream so that'll be launching later this year hopefully october because i want it to be a nice little halloween thing um and i also have a podcast uh tjf a horror movie podcast a comedy horror podcast where we basically go scene by scene and laugh at even the scariest horror movies so it's awesome <laughs> excellent uh benny where can people catch you uh, find me on Twitter at Spawny13. I'm not really doing a hell of a lot of content at the moment because I work too damn much. 
<laughs> Damn it. Well, I'm glad we could, <laughs> I'm glad we could pull you away from the, the work site to, Thank to watch yeah. a Jim Carrey movie. Yeah. <laughs> I literally just wrapped up a major project, so it's it's finally starting to wind down to normal hours again. Fantastic. Good to hear. Good to hear. And you can catch me on socials at Jono himself. Dear listeners, thank you again for joining us on Comedy Rewind. Until next episode, be kind. <laughs>